this is Dr. Cheryl Peavy and welcome to episode number three of Her Voice, Her View. This month we've been talking about domestic violence and last week I shared my own personal story dealing with medical abuse. But today I want to talk to you about financial abuse with domestic violence. Back in 2020 when COVID-19 came upon the scene, when the government shut down everything and everybody who was not considered an essential worker was at home. And what happened? A lot of marriages ended, a lot of domestic violence cases went up, a lot of women lost their lives because they were confined being with the significant other and not really realizing how much more damage was done. Even if you were in a relationship of abuse, but then being able to go out and be separate from that person and not confine with them was an outlet. But unfortunately, I hate to, to say it, there were so many cases in 2020 of so many women losing their lives due to domestic violence. But again, as we know, there's different types of domestic violence. I covered that last week, but I wanna talk about financial abuse. I wanna talk about those other types of domestic violence cases or that we normally don't talk about or hear about. We always hear about physical, verbal, mental, emotional abuse, but we never talk about other types of abuse. And today I want to talk to you about financial abuse. First of all, before I start, I want to read a scripture and it's from 1 Corinthians 13 verse 4. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endure all things. Love never ends. Or there's another scripture, another version that says, love never fails. If you're not experiencing this type of love in a relationship with someone, I just encourage you to just sit down and just take a look at your relationship and see if that's something that you need to continue to be in and just pray and ask God what God wants you to do. I'm going to put a disclaimer here. I will never ever tell another person at all what to do. I am here to encourage, inspire, uplift, motivate, and also have an authentic open platform where people can come and express their views and their opinion in order to help someone else out who is hurting or has hurt or just to heal. So again, I'm never going to tell anybody what to do. I'm just here to just share my personal experiences and things on different topics, but just also to be here as an encouragement and have an open door. If you need someone to talk to and you're not able to go to other people and you're afraid to thinking you're going to be judged, I am not a person who judges people. I have been and been through a lot of things and done a lot of things as well, and I have no right to judge, but I am here to hear. So this is an open door. So let's move on to talk about financial abuse. What is financial abuse? 
And I want to read something to you that I found at nnedv.org. Financial abuse is often cited by victims of abuse as the main reason that they stayed with or returned to an abusive partner. But financial abuse is a common tactic used by abusers to gain power and control in a relationship. The forms of financial abuse may be subtle or overt, but in general include tactics to conceal information, limit the victim's access to assets, or reduce accessibility to family finances. Financial abuse, along with emotional, physical, and sexual abuse, includes behaviors to intentionally manipulate, intimidate, and threaten the victim in order to entrap that person in the relationship. In some cases, financial abuse is present throughout the relationship, and in other cases, financial abuse becomes present when the survivor is attempting to leave or has left the relationship. And that's what I read from nnedv.org. And it also says financial abuse occurs in 99% of domestic violence cases. And it's true. And I think maybe if we sit down and think, and this can be for women and men, if you sit down and think and be open and honest with yourself, maybe you can reflect back on your life and say, have I ever been in a relationship that where financial abuse took place? And I want to reiterate this over and over. It is not okay for anybody to abuse another person, no matter what area it is in. Oftentimes we hear of maybe women who are stay-at-home mothers and they're working, working, taking care of the house, but their husband is the breadwinner. And they have to go and ask their husband for money to do X, Y, and Z. And if he denies her that freedom of being able to have money to be able to put self-care into herself or buy groceries or things for the family, and he monitors all of that, that is definitely a case of financial abuse. Or even when there could be your boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, or wife, and you're working as a woman, and then you have to give your paycheck over to your husband because he wants to control the money. Uh, In another case is you could be married or in a relationship and you have a joint account and both of your pays go in there, but the other party, whether it's a male or female, will end up taking money off the account to use at their leisure, whether it's buying clothes or going on a trip or gambling or drinking, whatever the case may be, taking money out and using it for their own pleasures is financial abuse, especially when you've agreed to come together, have a a joint account to make bills or whatever the agreement has and why you have a joint account. But, um, you know, my mother always told me that it's okay to have a joint account with your husband, but also make sure that you have something stashed away for yourself in case of an emergency, in case you needed something for yourself, or in case you need to leave. And no means am I saying that's what you should do, but it's just um, a suggestion or a thought. Now, it's sad to say again that when I think back to my relationships, did I end up experiencing financial abuse? Absolutely, yes. Whenever a person, again, whether it's man or woman, whenever a person suggests what you do with the money that you've earned 
or says, you know, you need to pay this and this and that. And they end up and you end up, let's say, paying those bills. And then you realize that you're paying more bills than he or she is. That's financial abuse. And it's sad to say again that 99% of all domestic violence cases are about money. One of the ways that I just want to uh, say is that in the manipulation part, sometimes the abuser will come at you in such a loving way towards a form of manipulation, excuse me, where they try to convince you and are convincing you by, you know, I'm under a lot of stress. You know how much I love you. You know, being a man, you know, it's hard being a man out in this world, you know, but I really need you to support me. I really need you to help me. I need to, to quit this job. It's stressing me out. And, you know, I'm going to quit. If you could just help me for a little bit, take care of me for a little bit, help out, you know, so I get myself back on my feet or if they lose their job and then they put all of that on you and then you notice that, wait a minute, months and months goes by and maybe a year or so goes by, he's still not working and you're still taking care of everything. That's a form of financial abuse. And oftentimes we love a person so much that we overlook the red flags and we just say, you know what? They'll change, or I can make them change. Or if I, you know, put my foot down and say something, they 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 love me so much, they're going to go ahead and help or fix the situation. And oftentimes they do not. You know, I just want to read something else from this website. I think it's very important that it talks about here that whenever, excuse me, whether it's subtle. Or overt, there are common methods that abusers use to gain financial control over their partner. One is forbidding them to the victim to work, which is a form of control. Sabotaging work or employment opportunities by stalking, harassing the victim at the workplace, or causing the victim to lose his or her job by physically battering prior to the important meetings or interviews. Forbidding the victim from attending job training or advancement opportunities. Controlling how all the money is spent not including the victim in investment or banking decisions, not allowing the victim to access bank accounts, withholding money or giving an allowance, forcing the victim to write bad checks or file fraudulent tax returns, running up large amounts of debt on joint accounts, refusing to work or contribute to family income, withholding funds from the victim or children to obtain basic needs such as food and medicine, hiding assets, stealing the victim's identity, property, or inheritance, forcing the victim to work in a family business without pay, refusing to pay bills and running the victim's credit score, forcing the victim to turn over public benefits or threatening to turn the victim in for cheating or misusing benefits, filing false insurance claims, and refusing to pay or evading child support or manipulating the divorce process by drawing it out, by hiding or not disclosing assets. You don't have to take this anymore. And again, it is never easy getting out of a domestic violence or abusive relationship. I don't want to keep saying domestic violence. It is domestic violence, but out of an abusive relationship. 
because it's comfortable. It's because that's what women or men know and they're afraid to come out of their comfort zone, not believing that if I come out and I leave, will I be able to financially take care of myself? Because that financial abuse plays on your mental state. It makes you believe that you cannot survive without this person, that you're so used to being controlled and manipulated that you can't even see a brighter day. And financial abuse also plays on your self-esteem. It makes you feel broken. It makes you feel worthless. It doesn't make you feel like you are beneficial. But I'm here to say that no matter what happens, no matter what type of abuse you're experiencing, you are amazing. You are worthy. God made no mistake when he made you and you are fearfully and wonderfully made. And whatever the root cause has caused you to go down this path of dealing with abuse, it's not your fault. Don't blame yourself or don't hold on to the past or whenever you first saw abuse in your life, do not claim it, do not hold it, do not say it's your fault because that guilt and shame will walk with you for years. And I know what I'm talking about because it happened to me. I believed that what I saw in my childhood was my fault. I took it upon myself and held that responsibility and it wasn't my responsibility to carry. And it created health issues. It created relationships that could have been beautiful in my life with men and women, family, friends, etc., it causes to hamper relationships with people, relationships with your children. It causes distance. It causes distrust. You don't trust anybody. You're afraid of people. And that is not what God is about. And that is not what God called you to do. And I want you to remember another scripture that is a scripture that a lot of people often talk about. It's 2 Timothy 1.7, where it says, But God did not give us a spirit of fear, but of power, excuse me, but of power, love, and a sound mind. You have that. And I know what it's like. Fear is grippling. A comfort zone is grippling. Being, being in bondage is grippling. But when God allows that prison door to open like he did with Paul and Silas, what are you going to do? Are you going to sit there in that prison? Are you going to walk out and trust God? Try to walk out and trust God. I'm not going to say it's easy because you have to start to have a relationship with God. Go deeper in your relationship with God. Know his word and to begin to uh, to trust him and say, God, help me with my unbelief. I trust you. I know that you exist. I know that you're real. I know your word is true. It's been here for thousands of years. I, I, I get all of that, but I need you to help me because of the distrust that I've had and dealt with of people hurting me and the abuse that I was under has caused me to be afraid to trust you. And he will help you. He will lead you. He will protect you, he will love you, and he will always provide a way of an escape. So I want you to pray. If you are in a relationship that you're experiencing financial abuse and you no longer want to be bound to that relationship or you're afraid to get out and you know that's the best thing for you to do, pray. 
pray because God will provide a way of an escape and you will get out of that relationship and he will take you on a path that will blow your mind. Because in Ephesians it says that God can do exceedingly more than we can think or ask according to the power of the work within us. I kid you not. I've had to say that scripture over and over to myself and God never ceases to amaze me. And I know he will never cease to amaze you. Thank you for joining me on episode number three of Her Voice, Her View, talking about financial abuse. Please share this podcast with anybody you think that would benefit now or in the future. I'm just here to just help people. And I really thought maybe, you know, I'm like just helping women, but abuse can happen on either end. I'm here to help people get to their next level, to grow, to heal, to love themselves more, to dive in deep and have a relationship with God. Thank you. See you next week on Her Voice, Her View.